From Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. I'm Lisa Mullins in Boston. President Obama is set to speak at a memorial for the victims of the Tucson shooting. He's not expected to address the tone of political rhetoric in America, but that debate goes on. We'll hear how other countries handle similar issues. Also today, Haiti remembers the quake one year ago. I've never felt what deep down I felt when this earthquake occurred in terms of the sense of despair, of devastation. Now, this news. BBC News with David Legg. The fragile unity coalition in Lebanon has collapsed after 12 ministers, mostly from Hezbollah and its allies, resigned. It follows rising tension after strong indications that some members of Hezbollah, which is friendly to Syria and Iran, could be indicted by a United Nations-backed investigation into the assassination of the former Lebanese Prime Minister Rafiq Hariri in 2005. He was the father of the current leader and an ally of the United States. Jim Muir says it's all about a struggle over the regional balance of power. Bringing down the government is one thing, replacing it with another is something else. At the moment, the forces allied to the outgoing Prime Minister Saad al-Hariri insist that only he should head any new government. Getting them to agree to someone closer to Syria and the Lebanese opposition will be very hard. President Michel Suleiman will go through the motions of consulting parliamentary blocs to seek agreement on an acceptable new figure. But those consultations are likely to go round in circles as long as there's no agreement, and certainly there is none in sight. Clashes between protesters and security forces have been continuing in many parts of Tunisia, despite attempts by the authorities to quell the month-long unrest. A nighttime curfew has been imposed in Tunis itself, from where Adam Minot reports. For the past 48 hours in the district of Etad Hamen in the south of the capital, gangs of protesters have been involved in skirmishes and street battles with the police. This is the first time in a month of angry protests across the length and breadth of Tunisia that violence has rocked the capital, and the government is worried. In an attempt to respond to national concern about poverty, hunger, and what many see as the brutal suppression of protest, the president of Tunisia sacked the interior minister, and announced that most protesters arrested during the past four weeks of demonstrations would be released. More than 100 people have died in southeastern Brazil after days of torrential rain caused flooding and landslides. Officials say the area around Rio has seen more rain in 24 hours than is normally expected to fall in the whole month of January. Paulo Cabral reports. Hundreds of people whose houses have been destroyed are crammed into sports gymnasiums in the town of Teresopolis. The streets there are covered in mud. More than 800 rescue workers have arrived in the state's worst affected areas. The Brazilian Navy has offered helicopters to transport personnel and equipment to the flooded areas. In some towns, the level of the rivers rose by more than two meters. Camps set up for victims of floods in central and eastern Sri Lanka have themselves been flooded, forcing people to go elsewhere to escape the water. About a million people have been affected. Relief workers say there's an urgent need for milk and infant food, mosquito nets and sheets. Some people in the most remote areas say they've received no aid at all yet. World News from the BBC. 
There have been church services in Haiti to commemorate the